Vacation starts with VA. Whether you're feeling beachy, mountainy, or every E in between, you'll find all that you love all in one trip to Virginia. Start yours at virginia.org. <laughs> Collect the money. You know. Man, are you cold? Are you? Are you lying? Are rolled up. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the DMVR Nuggets Podcast. DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DMVR whenever you sign up. We got a good show for you today, guys. We took yesterday off. You know, it was a slog getting through the first round. You got all this stuff. A reset. A little reset. And also, you know, you get home at 2 in the morning. You got to do a show 2 in the afternoon. Is there really that much of a hangover take? Is there much more? I don't no, know. it's still a drunk take. There's still a drunk take. Exactly. You're not even hungover yet. But hey, nuggets, in the up. last 36 hours... Able to watch a little film, go through all the stats. I am hyped Whoa. to get this thing started. Let's to me, go. today feels like the beginning of the hype for what is the biggest series of the Jokic era starting up on Saturday. Help me get ready for it. Look at this man over here, dressing like himself. It's Brendan Vogt. Yeah, you got just how you feel, and I feel like whatever this is. <laughs> I think it's good, though. I think it's good. I think we, it's we, good. We think it's good, man. Uh, what did Pat Graham say to you today about the outfit? <laughs> he said, I'm not sure if my eyes hurt. Pat Graham of the AP. I was just going really like journalist. I was just going to say, Brendan uh, dressed like an eye test today. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, that's probably the meanest thing Patrick's ever said. Too. Yeah. He's like the nicest guy, but just let that one Trying to today. make conversation. It did feel a little bit like your uncle trying to make conversation, but it's actually just insulting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, over here, I've got D-Line. That's right. Uh, apparently, I'm cold. I have my uh, long sleeve shirt on. Sleeves are down. This is too much for him. Yeah, look at my sleeves. I mean, I'm not I, hot. I mean, you look like a like a burned out newspaper guy. But <laughs> a burned out newspaper guy. Wow. Yeah, like things have been not like you've been on the beat maybe a little too long. And <laughs> things aren't going well at home. We've resulted in a little uh, spate of alcoholism. Great, great personal anyway, style. I'm very voted on by the uh, women of Ball Arena. Over here, wait, I've wait, got wait, Harrison Wind. What'd you say? I told you this. I was told I had great personal style by a coalition of Katie Wingy, Kendra Andrews, Jenna Garcia. Shouts to all of them. Wow, great personal I style. Question <laughs> their just opinions saying, on style. Now. Just saying, if you want style advice, if you want style advice, you came to the wow. right place. He's wearing white athletic socks. Anyway, <laughs> Harrison Wind. <laughs> Oh, I like to call my style um, neutral. Yeah, neutral, Ankle. neutral, athletic. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, Harrison, I kind of want to start today's show by asking you because you haven't been on the show for like a week. Um, yeah. What? Just kind of put a, putting a quick bow on. Do you have any final thoughts from being in Minnesota and just kind of how this this whole previous? I don't even want to care about the series per se. More about the Nuggets playoffs, how they kind of close that series out. Well, I think you just got to give them credit for taking care of business, especially after the number one seeded Milwaukee Bucks lost to the eight seeded Miami Heat last night. And the Nuggets, you know, the number one seed out West took care of their matchup in five games. Like, of course, Timberwolves Heat, different teams, different context, of course. But in the end, I feel like the Nuggets did take care of business. I picked them to win in five games. They won in five games. Like, they met their expectations in the series. It wasn't the prettiest performance i don't think but all in all i think like it, you should have a lot of confidence going forward in the nuggets just because they did just do the job they they completed the job and um you didn't really have to panic that much on the way there um i mean i do i do feel like this was a workmanlike it might be the first ever workmanlike series well it's the, the first Yogacara. ever series that's gone that they've won in less than six games. But, I mean, even the only other one you could maybe compare this to would be the the Portland one that they won in six. But I don't even feel like that one was workmanlike. I do think there's a chance, if you recall the, that series, the Nuggets ended up getting a protest inside of yes. their hotel room that and lasted until like out. four in the morning and then got blown out that Classic game. Portland. So there is like a little sense to me of maybe they would have won that one in five. I don't know. You can't really play that game. But nonetheless, that yeah. series felt a little bit more chaotic of just like well, you needed yeah, some you crazy. You had like Damian Lillard's 55 yeah. points. Like that was a way more back and forth this series. This series, the Nuggets felt in control. Yeah, exactly. From game one through game five. Like they lost game four, of course, but they felt in control the whole way. I agree. Another th thing about this Nuggets team is different. And, you know, we're not around these guys all the time. You get locker room access after games. You get to be in practice, this or that. 
Nonetheless, man, I really do feel like you gain a lot of insight into just the overall mood of the team, confidence of the team, and all of those different things when you're around them. And I got to say, they have been relaxed this whole playoffs. Today felt like an all-timer. An all-timer in terms of just energy and, um, like, you know what I mean? It didn't feel like, oh, my God, we have a big challenge ahead of us. It just felt like, hell yeah, man, I can't wait for this. I mean, am I reading into it? No, I agree. Maybe eagerness, but yes. excitement and also just good energy. They love that little shooting drill contest yeah. at the end. And I think that's important to see because they mentioned last time out after the play-in games how that week got a little long right. and how their focus was tested. And everyone knows a tense, important series is coming up. you got to stay dialed in. I actually like seeing them smiling and laughing too right now because I think there's a balance. There's a balance of we want this to get going, but like it's fun to be with the fellas. It's fun um, to be at work, and we can't wait for game one. Another thing I saw that stood out to me, Wind, Jokic drenched in sweat. I tweeted that, yeah. That was crazy. So it must have been a tough practice, or at least he was going hard. Um, that was interesting, I thought. The overall vibe, I would agree. Like... They had they were having fun today. They were loose. They were excited. I got the same vibes today that I got in the practices leading up to the start of the Minnesota series. Right. And I think this is one of Mike Malone's um, underrated traits. But in the playoffs, especially, I feel like he knows when to dial it up and dial it back. And I feel like right now he knows he knows this team and he knows he's got to keep it loose. Right. And then it will be maybe a little more intense practice tomorrow. And then Saturday, you know, at shoot-around, he dials it all the way up and everybody locks in. So I, I feel like he's just got a real pulse on this team, and it seems like they're just running back the playbook from the Minnesota series. But at the same time, Eric, like, I almost feel like he doesn't need that pulse. He does have his fingers on the pulse. But I just kind of feel like this is a much more mature team where they are – and then I'll tell you the line, Eric, that Malone used today when he was asked about about the team and like how they're feeling. And he's like, we're just very eager for this series. Yeah. Like we're eager for it. I, I just think this is a mature team. But I also, man, this is why I wanted to start this as sort of a hype cast. Two years in the making, the series right here. Right. Yes. That, and I think the why. team, you are they nervous for it? I think they're excited for it. Yeah. I mean, I, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like <clears throat> Malone is tapped into his team and that he's not trying to coach them he's just trying to allow the team to sort of be themselves not like bring any sort of like weird you know angry aggression into the room totally. and just sort of like allow them to you know to sort of appreciate what they've accomplished and sort of like look forward with excitement like not nervousness or trepidation i mean i i feel the same way man but like, equally hold up but e what i'm getting at is equally as important as he doesn't need those other things he's exactly. like our team's already there so exactly exactly he's not coaching he's just like allowing <laughs> like managing i suppose would be a better way to, to put it like and just sort of just allowing it to happen the team will downplay this stuff but i do i do they know who the sons are they know what happened those years they know what the narrative is especially jamal murray and i think you don't want to lose sight of like it's still just a series and you got to go execute so you don't want to get to but i i like i mean i i think there is so to speak, a picture of the Suns logo on a dartboard, man. I think they've been waiting for a long time for a chance to, to do this uh, at full strength. I love it, Hell man. Yeah. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I definitely... I, I, I'm just telling you, man, it really is funny because some, anytime... This is like a vacation that's like six months out. I never plan a vacation that long, but if they have a vacation that's like nine, six, nine months out, it's just like it's never going to get here. And then sometimes by the time it does get there, yeah, you can walk on set... Yeah, oh, hell yeah, we got our nice, delicious injection of energy drinks here. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh, my heart's going to be It's We're going to be beating through our chest. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm good. Thank I'm you, good. Marissa. You don't oh. want a Red Bull with the fellas? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, but like I said, it's come so slowly. It's been so far away this whole time that now that it's here for me personally, I almost was taken off guard. But that's what yesterday was. Yesterday for me, as I start to get into some of the numbers and into some of the tape, I just go like, man, here it is. This is the thing we were waiting for. And for me, I'm sure I will get nervous later on in the series. At this very moment, I'm not. At this very moment, I am ready just because I think the Nuggets are ready Dude, for it. So many of my nerves about this team were calmed and quieted after game one of the Timberwolves series. Yeah. Like, that answered so many questions that, me and I think a lot of people who watch this team had 
leading up to the playoffs. What happened the last month of the season? Was it concerning? No, it turns out they just didn't try. And just like that game one, the focus and the defense in round one, like that was a, a big takeaway from yeah. just that series. The Nuggets played a good defensive series. Now, yeah. they should have because Minnesota's not a great offensive team. They were they're clunky. They were bringing Towns back into everything. But they did play good defense that series, and they locked in. And just seeing that in game one, like I wasn't nervous after that at any point. I haven't been nervous since the trade, and that's not that they can't lose. You know, Of course they can lose this series. This is daunting. But it's we talk about how this Nuggets team is different. I think there are previous iterations that I believed in where you're thinking of their A-plus basketball if, if things break their way. I feel differently about this group. This is a group that is good enough to go through the best teams. And I like that there's a team like Phoenix in their way now. You know, you got go beat Booker, go beat KD, go go beat a series with a lot of emotional stakes, go win it. Because this team is just flat out good enough. I don't know if they will or not, but I know they're good enough. I think the Nuggets' best win of the playoffs is against the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard and Paul yep. George playing, coming back, you know, from where they were. But also, like, look, man, Kawhi Leonard has been incredible in the playoffs. He was not injured. Yep. He wasn't shorthanded. He just got outplayed by Jokic and Murray in that series. And that's a big time win. I think this would surpass it. I think the, and I'm not even sure this is a better team than that Clippers, to be honest with you. But Kevin Durant's a bigger name. And Devin Booker, with the rise he has had over the last couple of years, is a big name as well, on par with a Paul George. That to me, if you can, and then obviously Chris Paul, the Hall of Famer. So to me, this one is like, it's a line of demarcation. I saw Andy Liu, who's one of my favorite tweeters. He does, you know, he's a Warrior. So he's kind of like the D line of the Warriors, you know. And he tweeted out. Without I don't know if that's a compliment Without or an shirts. insult. <laughs> Without, <laughs> I just mean like, like he's like funny trash talker yeah, or whatever. Right, right, right. Like, you okay. know. But um, <laughs> and also supremely confident in the Warriors at all times. And yes. he's always right. It's actually hilarious. Um, but he had a thing out the other day. And I, at first I kind of like was like, hmm. But then I was like, immediately, he's right. He said if Yoke wants to be taken seriously, not to reduce this to one person, I would more at large say if the Nuggets want to be taken seriously, they have to win the series. Yep. Not because they're favored, they're actually underdogs, not because of any of that, but at some point you have to prove that you are better than the big names, and the big names yep. are on the other side of this. 100%. And that's my biggest, biggest thought coming into the series. This is the series the Nuggets have to win. They yeah. just have to win this series. You know, Based on everything this team has been through, Getting the number one seed, winning the first round in five games, how Jamal Murray looked in the first round, how Nikola Jokic has played this season. This is just a series they have to win. Um, we talk about like expectations. We've talked about expectations the whole season with this team. If they beat the Suns, great. Continue on. If they lose to the Suns, I think that would be falling short of expectations. Now I feel like we have the context to make that assessment. But um the Suns aren't some juggernaut. They're really good. They're incredibly talented. They got some straight bucket getters on this team, some real hoopers. But they have their flaws, and they have like a lot of flaws that I think the Nuggets can expose. But yes, for the Nuggets, for Jokic, his legacy, and just his standing in the league right now, this is a series the Nuggets have to win. I believe that 100%. There is something, too. So this team's only lost one game with Kevin Durant. It was game one of that series, right? Then they rally off four in a row. I do think there's something, too. I've always thought that the Suns team was a bit of a front-running team, meaning if you let them get momentum going. Malone actually had this comment today about if you make it easy on them on offense, they find a rhythm, and then you can't knock them out of that rhythm. So you have to constantly be trying to disrupt their flow on offense. That's one of the keys to this series, and I agree with him. But I even think in a series, man, like – they get up in a series 2-1, it's going to be so much harder to win that game. If you get up 2-0 on them, I just think this team has never, never been in that position. Right. The previous iteration of it, I was thinking about this the other day, they never trailed in a series until game five of the finals. finals yeah, Because they led, I think they were actually down 2-1 against the Lakers or something, but LeBron got hurt. We don't know how they would have responded to that. AD gets hurt, he's out of the series, whatever. It becomes kind of a cakewalk. But they've never trailed. They trailed in the finals. And then they didn't trail until game seven when it was tied. They didn't trail in the series, but they got blown out. So I do think there's something to put this team on their heels. Just see how they respond. It's not that they don't have it in them. It's that collectively as a group, they've never had to see what they're about with their back against yeah. the wall. Right. Who are you when you tighten up? Do you tighten up? 
And those are lessons that the Nuggets have spent a long time learning. Yeah, that's exactly it. takes a long time to learn those Excuse lessons me. for most teams. It's also why I think this is maybe the number one series where I'm looking at home court advantage and so thrilled the Nuggets have it. Getting out to a hot start. I mean, yeah, you just natural rhythm to a series. You want to protect your home court. But if you go up to a which you can do in your home building, they how, just did it against yeah, Minnesota. Right. So how does Phoenix respond there? And those are the little factors that I actually think are in Denver's way, at least on paper, heading into the series. We'll see how it manifests. Yeah. But I think this stuff that we're touching on is like the foundation of the argument for picking Denver in this series. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. I want to continue this conversation about the sun, but we're going to get into a lot of the specifics, the statistics and different things we've seen on the tape here later on in the show. But I do want to talk a little bit more broadly about just the word of the character of the team as best as we can tell from the limited time we've seen it. But first, oh, uh, fourth show of the week, I think. Fourth show, third show, third show. Okay, do it um, live, guys. Got a new sponsor. I haven't even seen these guys on the sheet. Oh, Golf Snake on the oh, <laughs> Golf Snake. Um, finding tea times in Denver is impossible. This is the greatest idea that. for an app, by the way. It's Check. impossible to find tea times in Denver, uh, but Golf Snake is your solution. Um, you guys know, like calling dozens of courses and going to dozens of booking sites is so annoying. Honestly, this is how this is the golf experience for me. I want to fly into tea time. You look up Riverdale. Oh, it's full today. Uh, look up City Park. Oh, I can't get in there for a month. Right. Look up Common Grounds, this or that. And then you just keep going one by one to find them. Until now. Until now. Until now. Golf Snake is the app where you can go to find every available tea time in Denver. It was built by a Denver native who, like Adam, was annoyed that it has become such a pain in the ass to find tea times. Uh, go to golfsnake.com, golfsnake.com, or get Golf Snake in the app store. It's an app as well. Um, access every single tea time in Denver in one click, including those coveted weekend morning tea times. Golf Snake, every course in Denver, easy, fast, and free. And here's how you do You just put like, okay, I want to play golf today at 4 p.m. What tee times are available? And then it'll pop up. Here are all the tee times. It makes make that, that noise, noise too. too? Yeah. It's got that noise and everything. What noises yeah. do snakes make? Are they hissers? Do they... That's funny you ask that. There's a lot of different noises. Oh, here we go. All right. We'll talk about awful. it off the air. Right. Yeah. Are we talking about the Arizona chirping snake? Yeah. My no bad. Ever but My check bad. out Golf Snake, guys. It's a revolutionary app, first of its kind. It's going to solve all your problems. It's going to cure all your headaches finding tea times in Denver. Golfsnake.com or download the app in the App Store. Um, also, if you want to watch the Nuggets and Avs, 140 plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news as well. Fubo TV, you can stream it live from any device. You can start watching immediately. Scan that QR code, sign up, or go to fubotv.com slash DNVR. Sign up, boom, you're watching Fubo boom. TV right away. Um, they've Tough got 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge, no contracts, no cables, no hassle with Fubo TV. Again, you can stream it from any device course with the NBA playoffs here, NHL playoffs, check out Fubo TV. Um, watch the um, Nuggets and Avs playoff run on ABC with Fubo TV. Go to FuboTV.com slash DNVR, FuboTV.com slash DNVR to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. So all those... Um, all those great qualities of Fubo that I just rattled off. It's a million off. sports channels. You yeah. get even more with Fubo Pro. Yep. So, uh, FuboTV.com slash DNVR, 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. So, back here in segment two, and we're talking about the Suns and sort of the makeup of them as a uh, as an entity. And I do think the thing about them, like people talk about, you know, they're a little thin and this or that. I really think it is... By the end of the playoffs, especially I'd say by the conference finals, the four teams remaining know themselves so well. I don't think the Phoenix Suns know themselves. And this is why I say not only have they only lost one game since KD, including the playoffs, since KD arrived there, how many times have they trailed? How many times have they looked inept? How many times have they been on their heels? And earlier in the year, there was a lot of bickering on that team. I thought Chris Paul was out of there for a while there. I thought it got so bad. There were reports about you know him not talk, being in the locker room, leaving early, just this or that. I want to know, can the Nuggets put them in that position? where they have to, in short order, 
discover who they are in pressure moments. And I actually think this is a real tangible layer yes. to the series. I mean, can so they, they were down in every one of the games against the Clippers. They've fought back in all of them. Um, but you're talking about a Clippers team that was super duper diminished and didn't, you know, when they got out to the lead, didn't necessarily have the tools to continue right. laying it on them. You know, like th then when the starters came back in, it was like, oh my God, like we, you know, normal Powell is our number one guy all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's true. Like there's, there is something to be said about having uh, knowledge of what the guy next to you is going to do when times get tough, when times get stressful, uh, you know, like <clears throat> people do weird things. J.R. Smith doesn't realize that it's a feeling, you know, like things get b bizarre. You don't really know what to expect from the guy next to you until it happens. And so the but, Nuggets have yeah. been through that. They they have seen that. They, they do know what... Uh, you know, when it comes down to it, they do know who's going to take the shot. Like, I don't know if they know who's going to take the shot. But I think even more than that, Eric, th think about this. The Nuggets have closed big games with Michael Porter on the bench. Yep. They've closed big games with KCP on the bench. And they've gone to lineups that don't feature Aaron Gordon in key moments. That could be Chris Paul this series. He's a great player. It's possible that the better option is, nope, Booker and KD have this. Chris Paul, you go to the bench. We're just going to throw our defensive duds out there to see it happen. If that's never happened to you and it goes to the playoffs, that's a wild thing. And I just think that in this series in particular, as I start to go through it, there's a lot of, hmm, I don't know. Maybe it shouldn't be KD in this moment or it shouldn't be Chris Paul. It shouldn't be whatever. And I'm just kind of curious to see, like, again, yeah. Denver needs to put them in position where they have to face those questions. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. But I said this at the beginning of the playoffs. The Nuggets have chemistry, camaraderie. They know how to play one another. They've been through the battles and wars together. They have a culture that is something like there's no way to quantify that, but that is something the Nuggets have that not a lot of other teams in the NBA have. Not and that's something they have in their back pocket. Phoenix definitely does not have that. And when you said like um, your point a couple minutes ago about like, how are the Suns going to react going from playing the Clippers to the, to the right. Nuggets? is a big step up, and I just immediately thought about the offense. Like, guarding the Clippers and guarding the Nuggets, it's like you're almost playing, like, two entirely different forms of defense. You have right. to think about so many different things. You have to think about Nikola Jokic and all this off-ball movement and this read-and-react stuff and split cuts and off-ball. It's totally different from what the Clippers do. And that bickering that you were talking about... I wonder if we're going to see a lot of that this series when the Nuggets are just scoring at will and the Suns have no idea how to stop it. Because there's a difference between if you're guarding the Clippers and normal Powell hits yeah. a step-back jumper, it's really nobody's fault. Like, hey, play better defense. Get or into also more, make him do that again. Make yeah. him do that again, whatever it is. But with the Nuggets, it's a lot more of, hey, the ball swung and you mixed up the coverage. Like, you're supposed to run out of yeah. them and you didn't. Yep. That's where you start to bicker. Like, hey, man, you're leaving me high and dry on pick yep. and rolls. You need to rotate. That's this where guy. Chris Paul and DeAndre <laughs> I can't are wait. yelling in each other's ears Chris on the way yelling? back to the huddle. Actually, it's just Chris Paul yelling in DeAndre. Well, he's he's looking over at a one-way conversation. Well, Tuck in your jersey. That's a penalty. Well, let's get into this, though, a little bit. So some of the specific Number one, both teams are neither team is great defensively. Denver had a very good first round defensively, but let's be honest, they were going up against a subpar offense. Mm -hmm. Yes. The Suns pretty confidently say have not proven to be a good defensive team. They had some metrics that showed that in the eight games that they played together in the regular season, half of those against Denver when Denver didn't play Jokic or Murray. But you know, I in the playoffs they were the eleventh best out of sixteen teams. They had the eleventh best defense against the Clippers team that was missing their two best offensive players. They right. are not and a good, runs like the most basic system ever. They are not a good defensive team. And then when you start to get into how are they going to guard Denver, I don't think they're equipped to guard Denver. I agree. Now you could say the same about Denver yep. pick and roll. They're gonna they're gonna have a hard time there. But I look at that and I just go. Denver got into an offensive shootout with Damian Lillard averaging 50 points a game and making threes from the logo, and they still outgunned him with Austin Rivers and Faku Campazzo. In a gunfight, I just like Denver all the time. Like I like a gunfight way more than I like a defensive battle for yeah. Denver. And as good as Katie and, and Booker are, part of me looks at this and goes, if they can't figure out a stop for Denver, I feel way better about that than, you know, than the opposite direction. I think it's totally true, and I don't... I want to be careful how I say this because the Suns came up short, the well-oiled machine Suns, 
and they traded for a star, and I think they made the right call. I don't know if that group was going back to the finals. From a Denver perspective, and I don't know if this is true, but part of me looks at the trade and says, okay, before the trade, uh, Denver could not guard the Suns, right. and the Suns yep. could guard Denver. Correct. I don't know if the Suns can guard Denver now. And I don't know that they can score at a higher rate than what they did used to do back in the day. Like, or at least it's like, a, like you said, a shootout with home court advantage. It's just comfortable. It doesn't. Right. It, can Denver do what they do best? And I don't. So it just feels like a they different, can get a bucket so. though. Well, but yeah. here, but here's the part where it gets really interesting, guys. How they score is so different. Denver points in the paint. In the playoffs, were third. In the regular season, they were fourth. They own the paint. I think it could have been yeah. higher if you just go with like Jokic on the court. They dominate points in the paint. That that is their bread and butter. Yep. The three point. They were the number one three point shooting team this year for most of the season. They yep. can really. They have a lot of guys that it's not about the one guy get hot or their two guys get hot. They have a lot of guys who can make threes and they could generate great looks because of that Jokic offense. That's the efficiency part of this. Yep. The Suns are a mid-range team, and they are the best mid-range team maybe in the history of basketball. But they don't necessarily get to the paint a whole lot, and they don't generate a lot of threes. They haven't been a good fast-breaking team. They were in this last round. I don't know if that's going to continue. We'll find out. But I do think there is just something, too. Like, when Malone today talked about we can't – there's easy buckets are at such a premium in the playoffs, and we have to, like, get more easy buckets than them – I think that is a little bit built into the fabric of both teams that Denver should be able to generate the easier shots, even if they're good at making the tough ones. I mean, for me, I look at what Nikola Jokic was able to do with the Denver Nuggets against the the Clippers when they were at full strength and we were playing them in meaningful games down the stretch. Kawhi Leonard scored every time right, down. Yep. And Jokic just matched him and yep. somehow like <laughs> yeah. went above. It was like, okay, cool. Like you want you can score every time down. So can we. That's fine. Like, that is kind of the way that I imagine this is going to go. Like, I can't imagine how uh, the Phoenix Suns are going to be able to, to guard both Jokic and Aaron Gordon in the paint. I right. think that Aiton will provide some resistance to Jokic. He'll probably try and keep him out of the paint a little bit. He'll have him, you know, taking jump shots, which typically, like, that's no problem for Jokic. But then you're talking about who's going to contain the strength of Aaron Gordon cutting to the rim. Who's going to keep him off the glass? Like I just, I don't see it. I, I, I can't. Is Josh Akogi, like Kevin Durant, like Tory Craig, like I, uh, I don't see it, man. Yeah, I think what it could come down to when you're talking about the two offenses is that the well can run dry from the mid range, and like you know it when it happens, but the Nuggets offensive well never runs dry because they can just play in so many different ways. Jokic can dominate on the block. They can kill you from three-point range. They can go the Jokic-Murray two-man game. So just the versatility of the Nuggets' offense is ultimately why like, I think they will win the series. But I think you wrote this in the roundtable. You know, I think Porter had a good round one. Needs to be better. Catch and shoot. And KCP, too, who I think only shot like 36%. From three in round one, like those guys will find open shots, I think, and they gotta hit them. Like that's when the well runs dry, yep. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. When you know, like maybe the ball is sticking in Jamal's hands, or Yoke feels like he has to go and score forty because Mike and and KCP are just not hitting their shots anymore. And th those guys in those roles for Phoenix, like one of them is Tory Craig. So just Porter and, and KCP, I think, have to be the difference in terms of those easy looks that come naturally in their offense, you got to knock them down. But here's where I think these things play together and why I think the Suns are a little bit more designed to, if you're hitting your mid-range or not, what is the next option? What is it? Well, whereas for Denver, I think Jokic, you mentioned jump shots. I think he'll take some jumpers against Aiton. But if you can spread them out the way I anticipate they can, I just, Aiton guards Jokic when you get to key in on him. Exactly. I mean, we just saw this against them in the last series. Like, is Denver a good pick-and-roll defense? I don't know, but they almost always had one guy they didn't have to guard, and that makes it easier. This is going to be a series where I think the Suns have to guard everyone. They have to guard Aaron Gordon inside because oh, yes. there's no Rudy Gobert. There's none of that stuff. So to your point, I think Jokic can and will, and it will be an emphasis early on to put pressure on the rim. Yes. Will yeah. he take jumpers? Sure. 
But take it at Eaton. See if he can guard you. See if he can block your shot two or three times in the first half, because I don't think he can. Right. I think there's a better chance he gets in foul trouble and an even better chance that you just score on him despite the fouls or whatever. And once you do that, the adjustment then becomes, okay, we have to overload on the paint. And to your point, that's where the, the math game plays out. Whereas, again, with the, with the Suns, they do have the ability to post up an eight, and they do have ability to take more threes or you know drive. But it's not as natural as it is for Denver, where it's like if you're gonna right. one on one inside, Jokic eats. If yeah. you're gonna start to double, three point game, and the math starts to work out. So to me, I love this battle. And then just to put a fine point on it, so Nuggets third in the playoffs so far in points in the paint. Suns eleventh in giving up points in the paint. They are vulnerable at that exact spot to a. Well, to to a Clippers Kevin team, Durant at power forward, <laughs> you know and I mean? to a Clippers team that like has Zubats there. Yes, they have Russell Westbrook drives, but I just think that's a real battleground that Denver should have an advantage on. Um, if we want to talk about another one going the other direction, free throw attempt rate. Again, we don't have a huge sample size with Kevin Durant there. In the regular season, they were fifth post All Star at, or I'm sorry, they were 21st. Um, at drawing fouls, their uh, foul rate, get a free throw attempt rate. That's surprising. 21st in the playoffs, they were first. See, this is maybe my biggest concern of the series. It's foul trouble for Denver. Yeah. And it's first quarter, Kevin Durant gets Aaron Gordon in foul trouble, two straight possessions, right. draws two fouls. He gets Michael Porter on a switch, two possessions in a row, gets to the line both times. Like, that is my biggest fear, especially based on how these playoffs have been officiated. Yeah. Some games have just been called so tight. Yeah. Foul trouble, I'm, I'm definitely concerned about. And just like you look at the roster. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. These are guys who are going to get calls in the playoffs. They just yeah. are. So, I mean, that that's definitely a huge concern. Uh, you know, there's a question here. How much settling will Phoenix do? They're so good at mid-range, long mid-rangers, yep. difficult jump shots. They can beat you that way. But because of what you guys are saying, I almost feel like you live with a lot of those if you're yeah. Denver. Because... I, I really hope Booker, does, it doesn't occur to Booker that he can just take it to the rim probably whenever he wants in this series, because I think he can. And right. so I, I do hope that they settle for some right. jumpers. You just make it tough. Hope they settle. And maybe they, maybe, possibly, this is where their high minute total kicks in more than anything else. It's exhausting to go to the rim over and over again. They've already had to grind through as much as you do a five-game series. Maybe that's the longer this series goes, you see them settle for more jumpers. We'll find out. The turnover rate is, is interesting here because they ranked 1-2 in the first round and not turning it over. These are two teams that, are, when they need to be disciplined, can. Chris Paul's obviously an incredible floor general. And so I don't know that this is a series that Denver's going to get a lot of like fast break, steal fast breaks. And I'm not even sure that should be a part of the equation. But if you look at opponent turnover percentage, they're both bad at this as well. So I think both teams are good at not turning it over and bad at forcing turnovers to where this is a game that probably... When Malone talks about easy points, I think this is two teams that are good at scoring in the half court and good at making tough shots, but neither team is good at getting easy ones in that way, yeah. and that'll become a part of the story as well. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I'm, interested, I'm really interested to see how much... Uh, Denver's going to be able to take it out of the uh, out of the net and then just do quick Jokic toss downs, like push the pace. Because you're right, there's not a lot of turnovers, not a lot of live ball turnovers that happen. I mean, we get so you need to run them in other ways. I just yeah, I think that there are ways to make it happen to force the issue. We haven't been seeing it with Jamal Murray bringing up the paint, bringing up the ball really slow in a labored way with Nikhil Alexander Walker on him. I don't anticipate Chris Paul giving the same sort of on ball pressure. Uh, like to Jamal Murray would wear him out more than it would benefit the Nuggets. I mean, um, so I think that there is an opportunity to just get a little bit more speed, even in their just normal half-court sets. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they would be foolish to not try to take advantage and not try to make the altitude a factor. You know, for sure. After I just don't think it's going to come in in turnovers. But there yeah, but I mean, ways. I think that there are other ways to yeah. do. It. That's right. I mean, like the Suns, they want to play slow. They, they do want, play. They want to walk it up and get into their half court stuff. <laughs> so do the Nuggets, by the way. They both yeah. are a very slow paced right. team, which makes you wonder. By the way, there's four days off in the middle of this series too. I do wonder if fatigue just won't be a factor. I mean, part of me thinks wear down Chris Paul, and then they'll think wear down Jamal Murray. You play two games and then you take three days off before game game three. Both teams might just be rested for this one. This is where I wonder about yeah. Bruce Brown having a big impact in this series in stagger minutes. I'm not super familiar with Phoenix's rotation right now, but it's not deep. That yeah, they're on the floor. <laughs> one of the so 
Bruce Brown, I think, is maybe the most push the pace guy on the team. Um, he ju- obviously he's insatiable defensively, just right. an, an appetite you can't can't satisfy. But offensively too, he wants to grab rebounds and run. Even in the half court, he just wants to run. He just wants to take you to the rim. Yeah. He can be exhausting, and I wonder if him coming off the bench, staggering, playing with the starters, if he's a guy that can really make Chris, Devin, whoever it is that's still out there, just want to quit on the end of the first quarter. You know, well, I. <laughs> The turnover part of this will be really interesting. The pace part of this will be really interesting. But the stats we've gone over, we have some more stats going in, in the next segment. But the stats we've gone over, one thing that I think is a huge, can be a huge advantage Denver's way, they would be crushed by foul trouble, especially in their front court. If Denver is able to put them on their heels, but also just putting pay, uh, pressure on the paint, that's how you start to draw fouls. And I'm just curious, that to me... This series will remind me of the Portland one where Jokic was clearly trying to foul Nurkic out all game, just going yeah. at him at the expense of inefficiency, just going at him. I kind of think that's a bit of the recipe in this one. Wear Aiton out at altitude, make him foul you, and then make him bring in six foot eight Bismack Biombo. I was going to say, you don't have a lot of confidence in Bismack Biombo? I don't have a lot of confidence in him guarding Jokic at all. What about Jock Lando? <laughs> that's even funnier. So uh, to me, it's a huge. It, they are so Ish vulnerable Wainer? at that one position. That if Denver can get to that spot, I think they are going to not just win, but destroy the remaining minutes. The help defender is also Kevin Durant. You know, right. the either you don't help or he has to work too. You yeah. know, or that's where Aaron Gordon starts to become come in particular handy for this team. You know, on that point in segment three, I have we've given him a couple of stats. I have the one character uh, trait of the Suns that I think is most ripe for being exploited. And to my surprise, Michael Malone agreed today in practice. (laughs) That is surprising. (laughs) Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. If you don't know where to get Breck Brew, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator. It's on their website. Type in your zip code. It will tell you where to get Breck Brew no matter where you are. Uh, Try out some of our favorites. Mile High City Golden Ale. The Avalanche Amber Ale. Look, if you're watching a Nuggets game, you want the Golden Ale. If you want, if you're watching a Navs game, you want the Amber Ale, the Vanilla Porter Jr. That should be great for this series. I'll order a Vanilla Porter Jr. Game One. There you go. Good omen right there. Good company hard seltzer as well. For all the Breck Brew favorites, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator again. If you're local here in Colorado, if you're in Denver, come down to the DNVR bar. We've got tons of Breck Brew on tap, of course. Uh, but if you're not, check out the beer locator. Type in your zip code. That will tell you where to get Breckenridge Brewery closest to you. Uh, Breck Brew is the official beer of DNVR. Also, shout out to our friends at Ivy Nutrition of Wash Park. Um, check out their location at Wash Park. Corner Alameda and Downing right by the Starbucks. There you go. Anyone who mentions DNVR when they come in gets 50% off their first IV nutritional drip. Give them a call 720-259-4404 for more information. Just mention DNVR at their Wash Park location. You have to go to that Wash Park location. Corner Alameda and Downing. Mention DNVR. Get 50% off your first IV nutritional drip. They do a lot of other stuff as well. Wellness, blood testing, and consultations. Intermuscular injections with vitamin formulas. They've got an express lunch break drip. They got hydration drips. Tons of stuff. Um, they also are doing a. Um, oh, there. They have the no. They have the big promo because the Nuggets won Game Five. They had this great one. You get a free uh, add-on injection, so like a B12 injection. With it. Yeah. So you go there. Not only do you get fifty no, percent off, you get the injection and a t-shirt. free T-shirt. Let's go. IV Nutrition. So, t-shirt? if you were thinking about, it, you've been hearing this ad for a, wow. like a month now. You've been hearing it. And you've been on the fence. Literally, the best time to go. Yeah, should DMVR. But remember, it has to be Wash for Park sure. location, Alameda and Downing. That. You can also. They're at the bar, hanging out, watching the playoffs. They're homies, man. They're, just Nuggets. They're nuggets fans. Just ask them if they can give you an injection right there at the bar. Yeah, they won't. <laughs> but you can ask. Roll up your sleeve. See what happens. <laughs> All right. Um. So the stat to me that is so interesting is that they suck. <laughs> End sentence. Wait, finish. (laughs) Hang on. Clip it. Put it out on Twitter. They suck. Quote graphic. At defensive rebounding. Okay. There are offensive rebounds and second chance points to be had in this series. Now, here's the thing. They weren't a good fast break team. You know, offensive rebound and fast break inversely correlate because oftentimes as you ramp up your aggression trying to hit the boards, you're more vulnerable to getting beat in transition. 
They suck at this, and they are dangerous in, in transition. But to me, this is the ultimate playoff battle. Which team blinks first? If you try to go after the boards, you make an emphasis at going at the offensive boards, and you don't win that battle, you're probably giving up fast breaks, and you blink first. But if you go and you get all these easy points, as Michael Malone said, these are the points that are on the table, easy points. If you go there and punish their tiny little lineup, if you go out there and own the boards, <laughs> they blink to where That's they're not even trying to, to get out on the break because they're like, you got to send five guys to crash the defensive glass because we can't keep Yoke and Porter and Gordon off the glass. We have to compromise. That's how you make them adjust first. To me, this is the big one. Not only can Jokic eat up Aiton on the post, I think he can eat him up on the boards if he is really locked in, and I think Denver is going to look for opportunities to put them in vulnerable p rebounding positions. For sure, man. Nikola Jokic, I think, needs to dominate this series. Like, I think he still was the Nuggets' best player in round one, but I Jamal agree. Murray was, how do you put it, more spectacular? More spectacular. He was the guy who, like, was the man in clutch time. Yep. But Nikola Jokic, I still think, was their best player. Round two, he's got to go up a level, yep. I think, Nikola Jokic does. He has to dominate DeAndre Ayton on the block, with his passing and distributing on the glass as well. He's got to stay out of foul trouble. He's got to clearly, clearly be the Nuggets' best player in this series. And I think he should be. And Eric, these things play together, though, because for me, when we're thinking about Aiton trying to rebound, just clean up the, def the, the defensive glass. Don't give Denver uh, an extra chance. The best way to do that, make Aiton guard Murray out on the perimeter. You get that pick and roll. Aiton's got to step up. Guess what's vulnerable? Now you're rotating over. Kogi's got to rotate and block out Jokic. No, no, thank you. That ain't yeah. going to happen. Kevin Durant has to box out Jokic on the on the short roll. Not going to happen. So to me, those things play together. Yeah, I'm for sure. And you know, one of the biggest complaints I was hearing and seeing on Twitter during the last series for the Suns was just a lamenting the fact that they weren't boxing out, not boxing out. The t the 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 mm. game that they lost was. Down the stretch, like the Clippers got like yep. five yep. rebounds in yep. a row. You know and like the because biggest... boxing out takes effort and it takes like discipline. Yeah. And yep. the Suns, Great to take. me, they're a team who kind of just wants to like roll the ball out and go shoot a mid range jumper on the other end of the floor. Yeah. It's I, I Kevin Durant and, De and Devin Booker's core philosophy that I that's wonder, what basketball is. We are going to find out, to your point, how much like grit and. Um, like the real hard, if there's any hardworking nature of the Suns, like deep down, like we're going to find that out. I do want to say the framing of this entire segment is viciously heightest, and I feel offended, even though it's not directed <laughs> at me. Uh, I bet you could box out, box out though. Um, oh, dude, I'm going to try hard. I will say this, though. Is it Devin Booker guarding Michael Porter Jr.? Might be. I mean, I think they're going to try to. Michael Rebounder Jr., man. I think he's got to crash the glass, especially the offensive glass. You he know the Booker, first wants, round. Booker wants to get out and run. Porter looked better as a rebounder in round one than he has since the last surgery. You're bigger than Porter. I think Porter's uh, Booker. Booker's probably going to tend towards getting out and running for a potential fast break. Uh, I think Porter has to be a guy that's crashing the glass like a madman. Yeah. Um, and if he is, I think like the catch-and-shoot stuff has to be there, but you view that as a given. Porter said he identified rebounding as a swing factor for him in round one. That's where he could make a difference. And he did a good job. And he did a great job. I think it's nine rebounds a game. I, I think, think, something it, like yeah. think it's even more so against Phoenix. I think he can be the one that helps break their back with that specific effort. So if I were Poor to rank these words, if I were to rank, yeah, the, what did he what? say? I said break their back. Oh, for geez. Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> yeah. That's my bad. I think, I think that if I were to rank, so rebounding to me is like the biggest battleground of the series. And if I were to rank the most responsible parties, Jokic number one. I just think like he can rebound at a good level, but you gotta yeah. you gotta really punish them on that end. So Jokic number one, and I think Michael Porter is number two. Aaron Gordon number three. Yep. I think Aaron Gordon is more occupying the guy who is supposed to be the Correct. secondary rebounder. Yeah. But there's it's the to your point. It was Russell Westbrook crashing the boards. It was guys from outside crashing yep. the boards, and so that's why to me, Michael Porter hitting the boards. He's a great rebounder. He has a nose for it. He's so important in that exact thing. Yeah, man. Like the the just going back to the idea of Jokic being the most dominant player in this series. Like the last round, 
presented Jokic with the most unique challenge that the NBA has to offer him. Like nobody else has yeah. a lineup with the two two seven foot guys that sort of interchangeably come in, can completely clog the paint, can really make the inside just like a, a, a very hostile place to go. Um, it's the Suns don't have anything remotely close to that. It's it's just going to be it's going to be a much different area for Jokic to operate in. He's going to have so much more freedom. He's going to be able to, uh, you know, bring DeAndre Ayton out and just sort of toy with the, and then leave the paint open in the way that we weren't able to in the last round because, you know, Cat would come out if Jokic came out and then Gobert would still be down there exactly. pre preventing Aaron Gordon from doing anything. I just think that the complexion of this series is going to be so dynamically different when it comes to Nikola Jokic and specifically like that paint area. And yes. then there, and this series, there's going to be so much more flow yes. and openness. And, and then when the, when the, 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 he the heavy pressure comes on the paint, then lo and behold, Michael Porter Jr. Gets wide open three pointers. Uh, Jamal Murray yep. gets wide open looks like this is how the construction of this team that we've been looking at and pining for, to see in a playoff setting since we made the Aaron Gordon trade. Like we have all of the requisite pieces to attack you in any way that their defense presents as a weakness. And there are things that are just obviously weaknesses that you know that they're going to be able to attack early on. But the thing is, is like when they make adjustments, the Nuggets should be able to attack that as well. Exactly, just, yeah. It really just comes down to, I just think the Nuggets can score easier than the Phoenix Suns will be able to score. Yeah. And the Phoenix Suns can score pretty goddamn easily. <laughs> yeah. And, and the most frustrating things on the basketball court, turnovers and offensive rebounds, if you have a guy that's just turning it over and over again, you get so frustrated with that guy, right? It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, we kind of going to. Chris Paul just grifting fouls. <laughs> well, grifting that's fouls, actually, you're right. It's the third. most. You're right. Grifting <laughs> fouls might be the number one. But when your team gives up offensive rebounds, that's one of the most frustrating things that can happen to a team. The guy that's not responsible for it is yelling at the guy who is like, come on, man, box out, rotate. And I just think that's another way you can put this team into a little bit of disorder. And let's look who's the whipping boy on that team? DeAndre Ayton. Who do you think is going to be blamed, right or wrong, if the Nuggets are just killing the offensive glass? Espo. DeAndre. <laughs> Better yep. not be Tory Craig. Don't come for my guy, Tory Craig. When, when Chris is just screaming at DeAndre, and DeAndre is looking over, and Jokic is like, good job, man. He's going to be like... Brother, I have 50. I know. I just think he's going to start to be like, I want to play for that fella. Is anybody who's going to the game and is sitting in close proximity to the uh, Suns bench, I would just encourage you to scream about... To Aiton, get into his head. Just say, "Hey, why do Nuggets? Why do the Nuggets players respect you more than your own teammates?" Maybe bring up the fact that Chris Paul became a players' union rep to get himself a bigger contract, but then diminished DeAndre Aiton's contract. Maybe you bring up the fact that they didn't sign him until they had to match the salary, and then it was a lower discounted and price. And gosh, doesn't Chris look a little little slower these days anyway? Doesn't he look a little slower? Like a little older. Older. They doesn't always play Aiton for all of their problems. Look even, how great backup setters have done. In, oh, wait. wait yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, don't, don't, actually, wait. Don't use that one. Also, where is Chris? Is he, is he shooting another insurance commercial? Yeah, actually, ask him this one. Why is DeAndre Jordan... Invited to be on Chris Paul's commercials and make all that State Farm money, but DeAndre Ayton mm. is never in a commercial with him. Isn't that a weird thing? Wouldn't you just hook your homies up? Why? Wouldn't you just be like, hey, we need a really Why? tall, funny guy. Oh, we have Ayton Why? over here. He's my teammate. Like, no, I'll go to my old teammate. I'll get him paid. Chris Paul has Bobon in his commercials. He's not even his teammate. For the yeah. record, Adam has suggested buying a seat behind the Suns bench and talking shit to DeAndre Ayton like 20 times throughout the season. I'm just saying of all the guys so who true. are most susceptible to like real honest <laughs> trash really talk. want this to happen. I really, it's not like you suck. Somebody, I want somebody to be like, <laughs> why has Chris Paul never invited you? <laughs> look at that chat. What is it These are all very long things to yell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying you get there a little early. Why hasn't Chris Paul invited you into a State Farm commercial when he invited DeAndre Jordan to one? It's a perfect, it's perfect thing to yell. Why, you know, just why did they not offer you a contract like until they had no one else at, during Paul a timeout before the music comes on <laughs> i'm just saying man i'm just saying when i was sitting behind the the bench i made a comment about how nobody moves to philly people move away from philly but nobody moves to it and there was a coach on the bench that gave me the biggest glare really the biggest like oh he was so pissed about that comment he was like 
I know what you mean, bro. Yeah, it was a very, <laughs> very like, what about Bo Cruz? Uh, great Cruz great moved. point, actually. <laughs> great point. Nobody does move to Philly. They just move out of Philly. You're actually correct. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to end this. Talking about Giannis. Oh, Talking boy. about Giannis. Oh. We have to oh, do it. Oh, doctor. Brings me no joy. Actually, it brings me a little joy. I'm it brings me a little joy. All after a little this, after too. this season, listen. Yeah. Uh, the American Raptors and Infinity Park Professional Rugby has returned to Rugby Town, USA. As your hometown American Raptors, they're playing right now at Infinity Park. Uh, if you want to get more involved, if you want to learn more about rugby, check out the DNVR Rugby Podcast hosted by Colton Strickler. Uh, he does a great job of keeping you locked in on the rugby scene here in Colorado and throughout the country. Uh, follow our uh, rugby account on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby. That's the best way to keep up with all the rugby news. Tickets for the American Raptors, just $10, and children 12 and under are free. If you can't make it, watch all of the American Raptors matches live on ESPN+. Plus. See you in Rugby Town, USA. Also at Shady Rays, they got an awesome deal going on exclusively for DNVR listeners. Shady Rays giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR, get 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Shady Rays, they've got a ton of different types of sunglasses. You go onto their website, they got so many different options to choose from. They look great. They're more affordable and just as good as some of those big name brands that you've probably been spending a lot of money on over the years. Also with Shady Rays, they're backed by the lost and broken replacement guarantee that they have. They've got awesome protection on all of their eyewear. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. So ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR, 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Let's go. Alrighty. Um, also, quickly, quickly, uh, Mitchell wanted me to mention that the playoff shirts are in and they are shipping. They are in and they are shipping. Also, the stickers. They are in Love it. and they are shipping. They will be available at the bar. Love Saturday, that. show up to the bar in your playoff shirt. Yeah, like or that, that's what you need to wear. Yeah, yeah. Or come to the bar and get your playoff shirt. Yeah, or come and get it. I'm telling you guys, Saturday for obviously go to the game if you get tickets or whatever, use game time app. But if you're not, come to the bar. I'm telling you, the bar has been so Freaking fun when the Nuggets win in the playoffs or just when they do anything nice. Saturday night bar, it's going to be unbelievable. Um, to end today's show, guys, we got to be a little quick on this. The Bucks, everybody picked, predicted. This is why I don't feel too bad about it, even though I like Giannis. Everybody on earth said yeah. the West is weak. Yep. The West is weak. <laughs> Look at all these juggernauts in the Eastern Conference. Meanwhile, the West, what a joke the West is over here. And then everyone said, you want to know my hot take? I think the one seed's going down in the West, man. We're going down. The West seed, the one seed, man. Over there, it's just clown stuff. Well, guess what? The Bucks not only lost, they lost in five. And not only in team. five. Not to a Miami Heat team that, by the way, lost to the Hawks in the play-in. Yep. My goodness. And then, not only did they lose, they blew a 14-point fourth-quarter lead with some of the ugliest, two worst basketball I've ever seen. In my Two games in a row, they blew a, a big fourth-quarter lead with some of the worst basketball. And then lastly, I love Giannis. He's one of my favorite players and one of my favorite characters. That man had a disastrous last two games mm, in the clutch. Unbelievable how bad he was there. Then after the game, he goes to the podium and he was asked what I thought was a very fair question by a great reporter in Eric Name. I think he's a very good. He asked him, is this season a failure? Now, some people might say, how do you ask a player that in the moment? Guys, this is why they get paid the big bucks. Because That's people, what the money is for. Because people like to talk about these things and know how players think. And he gave, I thought, a very good answer, like a very yeah. insightful answer about, Sorry. hey, look, life. Well, about life. Now, I will say this. Sorry. I have to cut him some slack. Because I think the smart move, and I hate it, is for athletes never to say anything. And he could have easily gone that route. Instead, he opened up and he said something that I think had the spirit of truth to it, which was, even in life there are failures, but if, as long as you learn from them, they can be part of a process. But he phrased it as, it's not a failure, it's just a lesson. One-seated Bucks went down in five games. That's a failure. So I'm oh, not yeah. going to hold yeah. it. I'm I mean, not going to hold it against him because I think the spirit of what he was trying to say is more or less insightful and interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. But at the same time, guys... If Jokic would have lost in five games to the eight seed, 
Yeah, I, I don't even Giannis know. does have a championship, though. He has that. He, he does. Never, be, but, never lose wait, wait. Giannis is amazing. He is. That's not the point. It's not that Giannis the spe- sucks. The specific criticisms are still there. I'm saying um, he gets a little more leeway totally. in the criticism uh, department because totally. of the ring. But that, listen, man, that quote's not that poignant, and here's why. <laughs> if Giannis loses in the finals after finally getting that Bucks title, and it's a hard-fought battle, and they don't get it, I think that quote hits. Right, it's and a maybe, lesson. And yeah. maybe he's thought about sure, it a yeah. little more. They lost in the first round to the yep. eight seed in five fucking games. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You fail in life. I failed when I struck out in Little League. I get what he's saying. It's not a revelatory concept. I think it's a fair enough answer because it's hard to give an answer in the moment. But the hashtag this league response to like, I know everybody. that was the most insightful answer I've ever seen. I learned more from watching this video from Giannis. Dude, read a goddamn book. <laughs> what are you talking about? They lost in the first round in five games, and he was bad. Ithaca College's own. Brendan Vogt. <laughs> that's my favorite point about all of this is not like the how you feel about it. It's the people that were like, Unbelievable that's, stuff. That's like, like everybody standing up. Like, like the guy lost in five and well, also brought up and, MJ. I'm and, pretty sure MJ would say, "Yeah, I did fail when I did." It also, <laughs> it also yes, melted was. down in the clutch, which is also a well. Key that, thing. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. The problem with this is that first off, it's Giannis. He had he's probably the most universally respected guy in the league. So masterful. When PR. he says things like that, it actually carries a little bit more gravitas because he's shown that he actually has a concept of how to live life successfully. But, but I mean that was an abject failure. It's just <laughs> right. That, right. I mean, like he was. Of you course. that that moment was probably the lowest moment of his career. Like absolutely, it probably was that, that level of failure to come on the heels of the, like for me especially. All of these guys, all of these like Giannis stands, like really came out of the woodwork this year to slander Jokic because it was like unthinkable. hundred percent. This is the worst thing that happened this yes, year. The Jokic Giannis alliance amongst like yes. pundits and fans somehow broke. Yes, it the broke. MVP broke it. Yes, it yeah. was, and it was ridiculous, and it was disgusting. And so to see it devolve like that, I'm like, good man, screw you guys. Like I don't understand like why. You were so upset at the idea that Jokic could win a third MVP because Giannis could not win a third MVP. Um, but then it turns into slandering Jokic. Like, what are you talking about? And then for him to fail in such spectacular fashion down the cl- in the clutch, he is so bad. Like that bagless comment about yeah, he's like either incredible or he's like a between the twenties. Well, player. what's funny is there's all these little axioms about basketball, and one of them is like. You know, if your offense isn't there, your defense can save you. And and Jokic's defense in the postseason is more damning than Giannis's offense or this or that. Well, Giannis like, is a ten on offense. I think we all well. That's know it, that. that's how people say it's like. Well, Jokic yeah, might yeah. be a ten, but I think Giannis is also a ten or a nine point <laughs> yeah. nine or something. As long like as that. he's dunking the that ball. That game showed that no, it's not. And you can also lose big games in the playoffs because you don't have the offense at the at that same level. I think what that quote showed that there's a big difference between how. Giannis and how I'm sure many players view success and failure in the NBA and how we, as people covering the league, view success and failure. Yeah, I just don't want the pendulum to swing that far. Because again, I think he had something insightful to say about hey, failures make you better if you learn from them. Yeah, that, that's, that, of course. And I think that he, I want to say he kind of misspoke or just didn't meant. have the clarity of thought. So I don't want to, to bang that drum too loudly about him. I still love Giannis. My thing is, there's this desire to make the game about not about winning and losing in this weird way. And it's like, no, guys, it's because that's why we watch. Yeah. We want you to win. Yeah, like right. the players you, don't see it that and way. And they though. don't see and I don't want to, to like the there's this thing for fans to rush to the defense at every corner for the the athletes. That meme of jumping in front, like real regular uh, acceptable criticism and then jumping in front of professional athlete. I think there's a little bit of that going on where it's like, no, man. That was a disaster. And you have the ultimate success where you were 19 of 19 from the foul line in the clutch and all this. And then you have whatever happened in that series, which was the opposite of that. And you're both things. And look, it's been the same for Yoke, too. Look, defense, I think, has mattered more in the playoffs historically. I think this year it flips. And offense is what matters more. Anyway, it was a very interesting one. And look, I think we have eight series and four of them look like they're going to go to the lower seed and not. A single one of those was the Denver Nuggets. They took care of their business, and now they have more business ahead of them here in two days. We're going to be back tomorrow. Another Nuggets practice. Super Chats. Uh, What's that? Super Chats. Oh, my God. All right, we have Super Chats. Let's roll through these here quick because the Buffs guys are eyeing me. 
Uh, KD versus Jokic, my two favorite unicorns going head-to-head. Hype. Unicorn? Kevin Durant? Uh, I mean, he kind of is. a seven-foot guard. Fan media lack of discussion about how PHX will guard Denver is funny. It's all just Jokic can't defend PNR. Game one is going to be hilarious wake-up call. I hope you're right. I don't think the Nuggets can guard pick-and-roll, just to be clear. But I don't think they can guard Denver either. Steve says... Number one thing I want to see is FU energy from the Nugs. Oh, always <laughs> coast when they're up. I want them to go up 15 and keep fighting. Don't beat them, break them. I don't expect the Nuggets. They're not. It's not in their DNA to be Dylan Brooks, thank God, and just come out and like call people out before a series and yeah. you know thump your chest. I will say. I this. know. I tried to ask Aaron Gordon about the Kevin Durant matchup today, and he was like. It's about all of us. <laughs> and he's not wrong about that. But I do hope that they are just not sharing that they're like, no, F these guys. Of course right. we remember it. Right. I want to hammer these dudes and clown them just as badly. I hope that is the energy. d back says, lifelong Nugs fan, want to my, went to my first Nuggets game in 1975 at Auditorium against Virginia Squires. <laughs> Keep up the great work you all do. Nuggets in six. Wow, Virginia right. Squires. The Squires they had a great squad back then. Too. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> Top. They really. Robert beat you June from, says uh, thanks again from Western paint. New York for the watch-alongs and Hoppity. great content. Never made uh, met another Nuggets fan out here. So the community DMVR provides means a lot. Let's Becoming go. a diehard soon. Let's Love that go. man, Let's Robert. Go. Western New York. We appreciate man. Super you, man. Shout out to you. Oh, I'll let you take this one. Vote. <laughs> Laking, Laking ball. ball. All right, the finals come through Boston home court, baby. Well, they got to get past the Hawks first. The Celtics better win tonight. I don't trust my guy Jason Tatum in a game seven, possibly going eight of 30 shooting, even at home. You know, I, what? But I do smell a chip. B-vote, hi. You know, I always love a little bit of uh, Celtic slander right there at the end to get us out. Big game for them Big tonight. Big game tonight, boys. Everybody hit that like button on the way out. We'll see you tomorrow. Let's go.